Welcome to Profiling Criminal Minds. I'm Dan. And I'm Dr. Redmond. And uh, we're back for... I mean, I'm not even going to talk about the episodes anymore. <laughs> we're back for two more storylines on Criminal Minds Korea. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's the best way of looking at it. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it is proven, con- like, uh, every single time. It's just kind of confusing. Uh, talking about what episode we're doing, so I'll do my best. Uh, yeah, because the episode we're doing is the end of seven, and then that story bleeds into all of eight, then something starts in nine, and it stops halfway through ten. Thanks, guys. <laughs> it's so weird, because so many of the, the Korean shows you tell me about are um, serialized, right? They're yeah. not episodic at all. And I guess it's so weird for them to, like, in a culture where all of the just like in our uh, our television all of the high profile tv is serialized not episodic to then see them in a in that kind of milieu adapting an episodic show is like the result is very strange yes and i'm not used to it yet no and it doesn't help okay it really doesn't help that that you're focused on trying to read the subtitles because sometimes it's really hard to read them because they're over Japanese subtitles, I guess. Or some other text, but the point is they're over a bunch of other text. We've got English subtitles, so thanks for that, guys. Uh, It puts you in this weird situation where it's like really... It can be difficult to interact. There's parts I have to rewind, but I I ended up seeing all of it and I'm delighted I did. Did you go and check what the uh, episode was called of the original uh, Criminal Minds episode version of this? No. Okay, I'm just asking. Oh, I no. don't think I didn't say you were supposed to. I'm just no. asking. Uh, but anyway, it's the Midge Pelleggi. It might have been called Roadkill. You know, like that seems like the. I feel like there was an episode called Roadkill, and I feel like if there was an episode called Roadkill, this is likely the episode it was. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, it's the one where Mitch Pileggi murders his family and starts shooting women on the highway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's that's the one. And then he has a psychotic break and thinks his family is still alive and just ignoring him. But really, he killed them at the start of his rampage. And I, I think we've talked in the past about how that was one of the better episodes of uh, Criminal Minds. Yeah. Like, I, I really think it yeah. was. No, that wasn't. It doesn't look like that was Roadkill. Okay. Which one was Roadkill? Anyway, uh, the thing that I found so interesting about this episode the first time is that, like, it was back to back. Two people from Murphy Brown were guest starring. Because uh, Joe Regalbudo, uh, Frank Fontana from Murphy Brown, had been a police captain in The Cop Killer. The guy who was obsessed with killing cops because they were the toughest guys and he was into MMA. Uh, that, so Joe Regalbudo had played like a police lieutenant or captain in the previous episode. And then this episode, Faith Ford, Porky Sherwood, uh, was on as the wife who gets murdered. So I'm like, oh, it's like back to back, two episodes with, uh, people from Murphy Brown. It made me weirdly happy and not for any good reason. Uh, but I enjoyed that quite a bit. So let's get into it. It's, it's almost weird to review this as a separate thing because it's the exact same episode. Yeah, they really don't 
change I mean, they make, almost anything. Yeah, well, they have to make adaptations for the, the Korean situation, of right, course. in Seoul. Yeah. But other than that... Um, well, there, there's literally a statement. The biggest statement we get is how unusual it is that anybody might just have a gun. Yeah, and how they, they make their guns themselves. Yeah, and how it's uh, if people are hobbyists, they will buy parts and they will build their own guns. And mm -hmm. they can't have, and that's why, you know, the most complicated gun anybody has is this, uh, the shotgun that he has. Because it's exactly like the original. He has a pump shotgun, he builds a rig so he can pump it by pushing it against the, the windshield. Like, it's all exactly the same. So much of it. I mean, right from the start, when he comes home and he murders his family the very first night, like, beat for beat, this is the exact same episode. Yeah, except kind of, that. Like, an insane extent. Please. It's the, yeah, just remember that we don't find out that he's murdered his family right away. Well, no. But until that's the through, same in the, the show. That's the same yeah, as in the original. No, no, I know. Yeah. But the no, way no. you were saying oh, it, it right. sounds like he came home and killed his family. Well, no. Well, he did, that's but we just we didn't did. see it. Yeah, we didn't see it, so yeah, we find well, that yes, out. Yes, but I mean, later. This on. is unusual to the rest of the ones we've talked about. There are such tiny changes here that I feel I can talk about the whole the episode as a whole without having yeah. to worry too much about the specific uh, like the plot structure. Because not only has everyone seen that, like everyone who's listening has seen this episode, whether they watched the episode of Criminal Minds Korea or not, because that's yeah. how close it is to the original. Yeah. My and, theory, and, and you yeah. tell me your thoughts on this, is I think the only way it's really changed, and this is what I found interesting, is the amount of time we spend with the killer is the only major change. Yeah, we spend more time a with lot, the killer. I would say a lot more time with the killer. Yeah. Um, and his watching him break down and yeah. and you don't have, of course, you don't the other the other major change. Right. Yeah. Is you don't have the office dynamic where his wife has gotten a position. Yeah, that's that I thought was interesting. Like there's they have this whole thing in the original where the wife has just been promoted to further emasculate him. And so she's going to be his boss. Yeah. So she's going to be his boss. And it's all about further emasculating the character. And I'm like, huh, it's interesting that they didn't feel the need to do that this time. Well, except that they did have a need to. But what they had to do, they had to replace it yeah. with then his just horrendous boss yeah. at his workplace, who was just a, just a I monster mean, humiliating him over and over and over again. I mean, in Canada, I tell you, my union would be taking him to, <laughs> to task right away. You know, I mean, yeah, you like know, this culture and, where he just verbally berates him and like slaps him in the office. It yeah. seems so insane to watch. And like nobody is reacting like this is anything but a completely normal activity. I'm like, Korea is a very different place from what we're used to. Well, it's still a highly and you will note like this is not like I it it's it's it would be shocking in some ways to American audiences. Yeah. Or to Canadian audiences, to in most Western audiences. Right. But I've watched enough Korean TV to know that it's at least a trope. So there must be some basis in yeah, truth. Yeah, it's got to be based on something. Working just based in, on the fact that everybody acts like this in a business setting in the shows you watch. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, you know, not everybody. But well, no, not there's, everybody. you know, 
and and this kind of horrible boss is a normal thing is is not is not abnormal for the things that i've watched okay that deal with you know um, that kind of workplace setting that kind of workplace setting like it's not subtle at all right. like you still have the same kind of mind games and the rest of it being played out in western societies oh yeah patriarchal work sh- work areas except sometimes it's women doing the patriarchal thing yeah but it's, it's not concept. it's not nobody walks up to physical him, calls them uh you know calls them an idiot says they're in front of the whole thing over the head over and over yeah with 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 a, a report right yeah slaps him with the report that he uh did such a bad job on supposedly supposedly yeah, yeah. and um so yeah this is um and that's that he's going to destroy the company so that's what they've replaced which tells you something about the two different societies oh totally you know, the idea that emasculation comes from the workplace and yeah. that and in both both places, but it is from a male yeah. boss. And in this, the emasculation comes because his wife has been promoted above him. Yeah. When the original and they work yeah. in, the, in the original. Right. And they work in the same place. So these are two different very different well cultures. And, and the thing that I was going to ask you about, and I wanted you to say how you um remember like remembered it well compared to the original so they give him in this a specific reason to resent his wife that did not exist in the original so it's the exact same thing although oh my god is the little girl getting hit so much more traumatic oh my god look this this show sometimes is so hard to watch wait till we get to the next episode oh we're gonna talk about the next episode but oh that was so i couldn't take it hard no i had to stop yeah and then i would go back his daughter gets hit by a car where she's playing with her doll and oh my god she runs out at oh, to get the doll. And then oh, he and picks you, up you the see it door and he, and, ta- oh. and he takes her into the hospital. Oh. And there's his wife screaming about the insurance. Well, somebody had to. Yeah. And you know, um, but for him, well, and that's first... and that's the thing. And that is the specific thing they give him to be mad about that didn't yeah. exist exist in the original. The idea that he she is screaming at the guy that they're not going to get um, insurance because the husband was parked in an illegal place. And so it was his fault that the accident happened. And I'm like, Jesus, like it's yeah. a car accident. Like seriously, his car broke down. His car broke down. Like he didn't choose where to stop it. And so he's fixing on the fact that his daughter is dying and she's trying to work out the money situation. And so he, like he decides that becomes the focal point of his blaming his wife. Whereas in the original, it was this, just this generic, we don't communicate anymore. I feel like I'm the only one who lost her, blah, 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 blah. Right. Because we do have that in this as well. Oh no, that's in this as well, but they also give him a concrete thing to focus on and obsess over that wasn't there in the original. Yes. And this, this tells you something about his health insurance or about this this mixed mode of American style yeah. healthcare for that, profit healthcare that I I saw a whole show about yeah 
that they have you know, this there's, mixed there's a half whole... social, but they still have pro- half socialized, but they still have privately owned hospitals. But, and it's all moving and into privatized, system, right? And they're trying to privatize stuff now. And then the healthcare system getting worse. And this is obviously like, I'm sure we would understand this trope more and what was going on in that scene better if we knew about what healthcare was like in, in Korea, Korea the way we do insurance. about America and Canada. And what yeah, insurance well, is like. Yeah, and I, I think, I mean, I get, see, there are so many things um, that are different. Like when you watch the political stuff and you watch, like it is, it's, well, first of all, it's a small country. Of course, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's only got a few million people in it. Yeah, like, um, like 30 million people or something? Or like... I don't even think it's, Canada's got 30. Oh, you're right, yeah. So it's million. got... But it's got like, you know, more, it's got somewhere in the 20s. Maybe. You know what? I'm going to look it up while we, while we're talking, keep talking. It's a small Okay. Country. You look it up. I won't look it up. Um, yeah. I mean, that's the one thing that, that pops up right away on Google when you want to know the population of some No, 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 no. You were way off. Yeah. Are you ready to have your mind blown? Okay. 50 million people are crammed into that peninsula. How many people are crammed into Holland? <laughs> while you're there just Holland's to got to be like 10 million people no probably like seven i would guess well i, look I would up. guess like seven million people that no i'm, I'm saying i'm guessing i'm not yeah. saying that's what it is i'm looking at no 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 look you're on you're on google right now look it up way off well yeah you're way off. off 17 million people and it's so tiny yeah you can walk from one end of the hall into the other in a day depending on how far north you are because it gets narrower the farther north you get uh, but yeah, like you can walk that thing in a day. Damn. God, no wonder they say Seoul, Korea is one of the most densely populated places in the world. And you and you can see that when you're watching Seoul. Oh, yeah. And what is so amazing is, <coughs> excuse me, what is so amazing is that they do have areas where there are, where there is land. Yeah. You know, and... Um, it's, it's amazing that people actually have individual houses, but you can know, see how right? people have very tiny houses and how they're packed in. Well, we're going to talk about that a lot in the next episode, actually. Yeah. Uh, because, wow. Tiny but you houses. could already see that. So 50 million people in South Korea. Yeah, crammed into South Korea. It seems That's crazy. a lot of people. It's a and huge it, number of people. Okay, but it does, what happens is it does explain the ritualization yeah too because people do have to understand hierarchy and structure and to everything else to be able in that heavily uh yeah heavily heavily mm-hmm. densely populated an area yeah because you're constantly you would have to have this incredibly rigid set of social mores and um manners simply because you're constantly you're on top of people all the time yeah. You know, everybody is stacked on top of everybody else. So, of course, that would be, a, you know, a nightmare. And there's no way to get out. Co- of course. Like, wow. there's no place to go. You can't go to North Korea for no. a vacation. So you have, you don't want to go to China. You, you hate the Japan. Japanese. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, Taiwan, maybe. Go? Yeah, maybe you go to Taiwan. You know, maybe maybe you go down to Southeast Asia. Maybe take a vacation in yeah. Thailand. I don't know. I yeah, mean, the American. Ameri- you're Ameri- right. Where would a Korean go for vacation? That's a really strong Canada. Point. <laughs> Canada. 
if you actually got that's true. We money. do have a lot of Korean people in Canada now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Ever what, since the what, 80s. Yeah. What happens is, I mean, the Americans used to go to Japan, but oh, they had bases, right? They yeah, had American bases. Yeah, yeah. It's just like when we were in Europe, we could go to the American bases. That makes sense. And stay on the American bases if we wanted to in Germany and wherever. That's a really nice system. Yeah, well, but if there was an American, if there was a Canadian base, probably we could even stay in American bases. But if there was a Canadian base no and and it was not being used, there was no troop movements and stuff like that going on, then we could just spend our vacation time there. We once had the whole pretty much the barracks the to place. ourselves. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. With 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 my with the firstborn, right? That's fantastic. Just a baby. He had a ball. I can imagine having an and entire got, military barracks all to yourself to self. explore. That sounds then, fantastic. Yeah. And then he got to see jets taking off and landing. That's also awesome. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, what's interesting about this episode is, uh, and I'll say this, the thing they delve more into that the original um, the original episode doesn't delve into at all. And what you got to remember is every episode of Criminal Minds Korea is 20 minutes longer yeah. than an episode of Criminal Minds. Well, 15 to 20 minutes longer. Because an episode of Criminal Minds is somewhere between 39 and 44 minutes long. And these are all a full hour. So yeah. even when it's just a one-to-one episode, it's 15 minutes longer. But this one not only has that extra 15 minutes, because the whole episode tells the story of this one thing. But it also, 15 minutes bleeds into the previous episode. So you got 75 minutes to tell what was a 40-minute story in the original. And what you get out of that is... You get more time with our characters, you know, with the NCI team than there were in the yeah. original. Uh, but more importantly, you get some really interesting sequences of just the guy's life. Because there's this whole yeah. period in the original, right, where M the Mitch Pileggi character has started killing people and he feels like a man again and his life is improving. Yeah. Right? That's what he feels like. Of course, it's not actually happening exactly that way because his family's been dead the whole time, so we can't trust everything we see. But that's the feeling he's getting, right? Yeah. And what's fascinating is here we actually see that play out. Yes. That was so good. He's slowly, slowly getting to like this. Yeah. How he's getting, getting to like this power that, that, that hitting people, threatening people gives him. Yeah. It's like he is. Uh, he has stepped out of his station in life and he's not just a businessman anymore. Now he's a guy who physically intimidates people and he loves that. He likes feeling dangerous. He likes yeah, the you power see that comes him wearing, feeling yeah. afraid of him. You know, he's wearing different clothes. Well, and I think this is where, and I'm not saying it was a mistake to cast Mitch Pileggi because he did a great job in that original, but yeah. this is what having hair can give you. Because just by changing his hairstyle, just by changing his hairstyle, they completely yeah. change this man's whole look and how you feel about the character. Because yeah. he goes from, you know, this flat hair and glasses, and then he takes off the glasses and he does the hair and it's like, oh, now he's a handsome man, you know? Yeah, and he and he changes his clothes, and he's he wearing a leather jacket. And... Yeah, and it's but it's like he completely changes how he looks, and um, and I will say, and this is a thing that really impressed me, 
just how far they go and because they have the time for it to breathe. Because Mitch Pileggi did the agonizing screams of a man realizing he'd killed his family and they're not in the car. He did that really well. But this man gets to do it for like three times as long. (laughs) And it is agonizing. Agonizing. It is so rough to watch. And it's such a good scene. Yeah, just watching him come out of his... Completely come apart as he realizes what he did. Yeah. Also, um, there's big, uh, they're continuing in a really interesting way, Team Leader Kang's PTSD. Mm-hmm. Because he has That hesitates. was the interesting. And that's yeah. the thing. After he's gotten gun shy about going to the public after what happened with the Reaper. Yeah. And so he like, he doesn't want to go public with this thing, even though they obviously should. They know a lot about it. And when they go public, they find out who it is almost immediately. Yeah. Like the public recognizes him right away. And so obviously somebody calls him from his office. Yeah. From his office. (laughs) They they know exactly who this is. This came on TV and he ran. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. He saw it on TV and you're describing what he looks like and he ran. And there you go. It's a really good scene. uh, Right. But giving that extra level of friction within the team and the doubt and everybody's worried about team manager Kang, because let's face it, his wife just got murdered by the Reaper two months ago. Obviously, he's not in a good place mentally. And the question becomes, well, okay, is he ever going to get back? Or, like, is you're really well, starting to wonder whether he's going to have to stay gone at some point. Yeah, well, what happens is, is of course, he's, you know, I mean, he recognized the, the earring. What I like about this is the thing that we, like, the funny thing is, is that both... Jin Wu and our handsome Derek guy yeah. uh, know that the earring is from his wife and they yeah. don't want to tell him. No. But I had, but you already saw him. He yeah. saw it. He knew it yeah. right away. He knew it immediately um, the moment he saw it, but yeah. they think they're keeping it from him to protect him. Yeah. And, and weirdly, he's not talking about it either. No. And the funny thing is about, about that is this idea it does give you this idea that they're concerned about him. I mean, his boss just says, look, look, this is the profile of Mitch, of the Mitch Pelleggi character. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And And here's your profile. Here's your psych evaluation. You'll notice it's the same damn profile. I know. Wasn't that fantastic? No, I mean, it was, I mean, such a good scene. How long, how often have we complained and complained that yep. they go through this thing and then they're, they're right the next day. Yeah. You know, they I are mean, so and- digging into the fact that he has been badly damaged and maybe permanently damaged by what yeah. happened with the Reaper. Well, it's the thing is, is he was, way to handle this. I mean, for heaven's sakes, he was off a year from work from the previous thing from, from, from the previous, from yeah. that bomb thing, from the mad bomber stuff from the mad bomber stuff and then he almost kills the reaper because he's got to know yep that yes they stopped him but he well, might have done it he might have done it That's if they the hadn't thing. shown up yeah yeah we so, don't have the we don't have the firm idea that he's always going to be on the right side of this yeah. and they're not that sure of him either because now no, everybody's watching him full time and you can definitely see that that the Derek character 
the detective, right? Yeah. Um, is um, His name definitely is Hun Jun. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Um, that he is um, very on top of things. Yes. It's funny that they suggest that they will put her in charge, but she's second in command. He's only new. Yeah, he's the new guy. To, but he is definitely... He is, well, they're playing like he has these natural leadership skills. And he's, That's how they he's together. Care. He's like, for his traumas, right? Yeah. He's managed to stick together. Yeah, um, he's coping better than team manager Kang is. With, yes, uh, these and... Traumas. In his you know, story, in this one, and then we'll get into the the rest of it. But at this point, like it's really for me. Yeah. As I said, because they've got more time, and you're right, they do have that extra fifteen minutes. Fourteen minutes. It helps. Minutes. You get a lot of you got a lot of extra character time every episode. You know, so that you can delve into these things. You can delve into the fact that these these things can be so damaging. You know, and, um, you know, she has to remind him, you know, Kang, what did you say to me? Yeah. Well, no, that's in the next episode. That's yeah, um, in the next episode about, uh, yeah, well, well, and okay, again, we'll get to that when we we'll get, get to, to that. But this one, um, we'll wrap but up this, this one, one, which is because, really good. Yeah, it was really, it was an excellent episode. And we're focusing on other things because the story is basically the criminal yeah. mind story. And we had no problem with the criminal mind story yeah. for it the was most a good, part. It was a really good episode the first time. And it's a really yeah. good episode this time. And it's yeah, and that. it's just nice to watch this. You spend more time watching him fall apart. Yeah. Now, and and the and emotional. And I'm sure Mitch Baligi could have done that. He just didn't have the breathing room to do what this actor does. Well, as 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 we've said so often about Criminal Minds America, yeah, <laughs> let's put it that way, Criminal Minds America is that they don't sometimes their characters, and I still go to that that poor girl in um, which one? Uh, 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 you know, the one that where Rachel stopped watching. Oh God! Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, false flag. Yeah, and I, and as I said, well, you know, Where the poor, poor girl Zelda, had nothing to do. Uh, yeah, so poor Zelda Williams. Yeah, had, was handed this impossible character to play. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, and that, and and in a short period of time, so you can't develop. Whereas here, you you are allowed yeah. to He's spend time. He's a fully time. rounded character in a way that Mitch Pileggi, who did a great, and I can't stress enough how much he did a great job in the original, but he didn't get the chance. To give him this amount of depth, because he just didn't have the screen time. Like, I'm going to bet, if you go back and watch that episode, you know, Mitch Pileggi is probably only on screen for about 15 minutes yeah. in the whole and show. You, Whereas this you, guy has got mm. like 40 minutes of screen time. Yeah. And you know what else is interesting to me? Please. Right? Is that we, we were talking about how when they do the profile. Yeah. You know, and as some of them, you know, as his team members say, but we've got enough. It, it's enough. We can go yeah. to the public. I mean, this, you know, there are different reasons because it comes up again in the next episode. Mm -hmm. This going to the public. Uh, when do you go? Well, I haven't finalized the profile. It's up to team leader Kang yeah. to decide when he's finalized his profile. And sometimes it doesn't have to be finished. But the other thing about the profile when they are talking to the profile, like th they basically are talking amongst themselves and they've only got a small cadre of people in their team. Yeah. 
right? Uh, outside of the core team, there's just a small cadre of people. And it's more like they're discussing it, not like they're standing there lecturing everybody. No, uh, you get a little like they do a bit of a tribute to that. The normal like criminal yeah, they do. profiling scene. And I um, watched that, but it's still more it like still a doesn't discussion. have the diga didactic feel mm -hmm. of the scenes from the original. And, I and telling all these front. people. Right. Yeah. I mean, they tend to discuss and then those people pass it on to the police. Yeah. It's not this whole thing where we round up the entire police department and give them a speech. Yeah. As always happens on the, ori the original criminal. Minds. And they will go to the police to talk with the police. And they definitely oh, yeah. have this. They, there's definitely, you can see this. You well, can in the episode see we're about to tension. discuss, they do more. Yeah. yeah. We, they get more into the tension in the, in the next episode we're going to talk about. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, let's move on. So their version of the Mitch Pelleggi episode, it's one of these situations where I'm not going to say the original is worse. I'm not going to say this better. They're no. about the same level of quality. The only places where this one is better is it's better because they were able to tell more of the story. Yeah. It's because it's better not because they had a better idea, as happened so often, but it's better because they just had room to give the story what it deserved. Yeah, and I, I think it's it's fascinating to um, watch what they do with these different stories. Oh, yeah. Because of the structure of Korean television, clearly. Oh, yeah. You know, um, so it is, um, yeah. Uh, I, anyway, I let's, it's, it's yeah. It's really good. And now let's move. I hope this isn't divisive uh, because there's so much I liked about this, but we're pr I'm going to say that this is the first episode of criminal Korean criminal minds where I prefer the original. And there's one downside to this because it's, it's a bigger version of the story in a lot of ways. It's a better version of the story. And I will completely cop to that. It is better in a bunch of ways that we will discuss, but what the original had was an artist directing it. Well, yes, I know. <laughs> And I love, like, I love how this show looks and it's very consistent from week to week. It's always directed by the same guy. The action looks great. The drama looks great. The horror stuff looks great. But what, what Matt Goobler brought to this episode in the original, uh, what was it called? Gingerbread, whatever it was called, right? What he brought to this episode in the original, right, was art, you know, the man <laughs> yes. brought art to it. Like the music, the sweeping shots, like the the fact that when you get to the house, it's like this, uh, it, again, a giant strange witch house. Like he picked the weirdest locations and the strangest sound. And the villain is, one of the villains is played by Bud Court, you know? Yeah. Okay. Look, look, we have to put aside we have that to you, because... Yeah. Because what they have done is for sure stripped that. Yeah, they've stripped that out all aspect. of the artistic flourishes. And, yeah, okay. And what I would say... Mosley Lane is what it was called. It was called Mosley Lane. Mosley Lane. Okay. Yeah. We love what Matt Goobler does with As a director. almost all the episodes he directed. Ne nearly all of them are so fantastic. Okay, but... They are out of sync with the rest of Criminal Minds. They don't feel like the rest of Criminal Minds at all. That's right. They are, you know... Um, 
they are short. his artistic project short films. Yes, that's exactly what yeah. I was going to say. They're short horror films is what that they he are. Makes, and uh, they are beautiful. Except everything ends up mostly well at the well, end of them, right? Well, depends on the episode. Yeah, it depends <laughs> on the episode. That, oh, the, I mean, the, the Brad Jason Dourif episode. one. Let's not talk the about The Brad Dourif Goodwin. one, the Jason one. I mean, yeah. there were some rough episodes. Oh, my God. There were some rough episodes. But with this one, this one, in some ways, as you said, is probably better in that it focuses more on the victims, more on the structure, more on the horror that these these two people Chil- who are yeah. doing uh, this to the children oh. when they were children. Yeah, with the nightmare the they went their through. Lives. I'm sorry, the, the thing they came up with to be the way people are tortured is so brilliant and creepy. Yeah. Oh, this episode was so hard to watch. Those poor children. Oh, <laughs> Just... All right. So, so it is. And the it's mostly lame. Okay. The, oh, here's and the... they do a bit of. And the weird part is, they do a bit of the music. They actually put in like the piccolo strings to try and like give it a bit of the fantasy floaty vibe that the original had. But they don't but, go all the way with it. But they do no. do it a little. A little. A little bit. But. All I can say, uh, just before we get, just in, in general, this show, what it is doing to you is the music is, and one of the good things I liked about Criminal Minds is 75% of the time was the music. <laughs> yeah. Okay. This one, the music fits. It never, ever overwhelms. No. And it when it needs to be it's just like the the emotional that that they do yeah. is supported by the music the music is just there as a support to this and to push you further and we'll talk about that like when we get to the end but you don't even notice it in this show no not at all you don't notice it except that it's always there and it's always and it's not there when it's not needed nope there's no fancy schmancy songs ever. Nope. And um, so it's it's an interesting, the different, the, there are the different, different role that music serves yeah. in the Korean criminal minds versus American criminal minds. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's absolutely true. It is not as, it is not as present. It's there more as a supporting element than a featured element like it is yeah. in the original. And, and and oh my does it pull at you at times oh does when it you ever. start when you start if you start being aware of it you could just it's just there mm-hmm. i don't know who their um creative Composer? their composers are but yeah boy do they know what they're doing oh absolutely I've, anyway again, we've talked about in the past how good the music is in the original. So yeah, it's yeah. it's great to see here them have a bit of that energy in this episode. Although the music is not as big and over the top as it is in Mosley Lane. Like, it's just not. No, um, and it was... It was but again, Mosley Lane was a fairy tale. Like it was set up as a fairy exactly tale. That's exactly it. So, and they're making this a, a real... Yeah, it's a real version of that story. Yes. In a way, yeah. Because there was this one foot out of the world and... Uh, notably in this one, like when the Bud Cork character uh, kills himself, spoiler alert, that still happens. It's actually more plausible because he was handcuffed yeah. and they just let him go to the bathroom. He's handcuffed. What can he do? He's handcuffed. And the answer is like break open a razor and slash open his wrist and slash his wrists. Yeah. Whereas like 
the fact that they just let him uh, it it doesn't play as badly as when they just let him wander off in the original well no i mean that's i mean you talk about the the bad bad plotting this is he had to go to the bathroom so you take off his handcuffs what can oh no no he still had his handcuffs on that's the thing but they were just handcuffed in front of him Oh, they were handcuffed in front of him rather than behind him. And that's why he was able to. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And it's it's just more plausible this time. Yeah. Okay, Uh, so it opens the exact same way. Uh, There's a thing, uh, but it's more plausible to watch because they're able to get more... um, There's a lot more people. Like, there's a lot more extras than than there were in the original. Yeah, well, with 50 million people (laughs) in a small country... Yeah, it's more believable that every place is just going to be packed. But yeah, so they have a lot more extras than they did in the original, so it's completely believable that in just a second you could completely lose this kid in a crowd. Like, if yeah. you watch the original, when they show the kidnapping, you're like, everybody looks to the left, and then this kid just runs up and grabs a kid over his shoulder and, like, sprints out. They're like, how did nobody see that? See that, yeah. Whereas in this version, the crowds are so dense that you kind of buy it more than you did in the original. Yeah, and they do explain, well, you know, and and they do make that explanation of, well, yes, but they would have just thought, because this is the episode where they do the recreations of the crime. Yeah. Right, that they had in the first year of Criminal Minds and then stopped doing. Yeah. Um, And they have this recreation and they say, well, yes, but everybody would have thought it was just that, that he was just their father. Mm-hmm. he was just the father of this little girl and he was comforting her right exactly and it, would have um, lo- it could have completely looked that way like it's believable that it could have looked well that particularly way. when you know you have all of these other screamings going on oh and, yeah um, and you got this woman over there screaming that she can't find her kid like it all it all i think it all tracks yeah i really oh, yeah. do yeah i do and then you get the scene in the um the lost children's room oh you know, and then you, but my yep. son, eight years ago. I know. Oh, it's when the, the same. Because the woman, and the woman who's been coming to the park, not every day, but all of the time for the past eight years, hoping that it will happen again. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I thought that yeah, was really was, well done. She oh, was. Oh, that perf- that's a performance. Oh, is that a performance? And nobody, even there, nobody believed her. Nope nobody believed her and she became an alcoholic yep eventually and her whole life is just tracking all of these missing kids and you get that great scene yeah. where she's like i think 20 kids have been abducted or no not yeah. 20 like 12 kids have been abducted yeah and it's like these are all of them and they all disappeared and they're all around the same age and they're all across the area yeah and she's like i'm sure it's all the same people you're like yeah. wow it's the face of obsession and of course she's right yes but damn uh so yeah and then of course we see the kids taken to the uh taken to the basement although because this is korea and it's not uh because this is korea not america there's not like a giant witch's house at the end of town at the edge of town (laughs) they just like are living in a row house like everybody else that just has this huge basement and it's a huge basement because it's um it's got a nice like a big lot because it was a store Mm mm-hmm uh, they do establish why they have such a large house, but they have like built up this giant basement containment area for all the kids. Oh, the kids. They all have their own rooms and then yeah. they have that mirror room. 
Okay, so yeah, they put people in the glass room uh, to torment them. And what that is, is to, they bring them into a room full of mirrors and the lights are really bright. And all you can do is look at yourself, except every one of the mirrors is warped in a different way because they're trying to psychologically break down and destroy their sense of self by only letting them see warped versions of themselves and make them forget what they looked like. Like, damn! Yeah. That is, that is intense. Yeah. That is a freaky torture. You know, and, and they beat them in and you actually see them as they get, and you know, you get, you get the whole story that I don't really think you, you, you got the same, you got this story of how, they, as soon as they bring in a new kid, they kill one of the old ones. One of the older ones, right? Yeah. He and and that's why and they yes and again they bury them in the rose garden. And they yeah and it's the exact same thing of burying them of yeah. cremating them burying them in the rose garden. Yeah. And it's fascinating, right? Because you have this question of okay, well, there's the new girl has arrived. You know, like who's, who's gonna, gonna go? Die. Oh. Yeah. Those are some rough scenes. And it plays out. The same character dies as did in the original. The yeah. other older boy, right? I mean, yeah. it's it's like the the beats of it are the same, but we spend so much more time with the kids yeah. and with the kids being tormented that it just plays yeah. much trying, more intensely yeah. than it did in oh, the original. Yeah, and they're trying to take care of one another. Like when they finally, when the team finally begins to understand that maybe he stays because he thinks he can help oh god yeah we'll, we'll get there yeah but damn because uh, they do the same scene they did in the original of like she had seen her son three years ago and yes. she was just sure that it was him had grown up and again nobody believed her uh and then he ran off because you know it's understandable that's kind yeah. of a stressful situation for him and then we get as you said the payoff that he has been trying to save the other kids and look after to the point where we get a new plot develop, like this interesting, slightly different from the original plot development, yeah. where he actually let a kid go. Yep. He grabbed a kid and then he, you know, opened up the door and threw him out and made it look to the family like the kid had escaped. Yeah. And so you've got this other kid out there who can give them information and it's a completely logical way. And again, you get the question of, well, when do we go public with this? And it's only by going public with this that they get the information yes. about the almost capture, which is how they found out that it was in an animal rescue truck that this happened. And then we get the extra psychological thing of profiling the killers. It's like, wait a minute, they work in an animal rescue? Like, and they talk about how easy it is to get kids to walk up to play with an animal. Like, if you want to, and I mean, that actually came up in the original too, mm-hmm. uh, Criminal Minds too, but it comes up here a lot, which is, uh, you know, you, you want to abduct a kid, just have a cute animal. Done. Yeah. You know? Not only that, but they chose they chose the children and they tracked them for six months. Before grabbing them, yeah. They actually stalked them. And then this creates the big question, well, why are they doing these abductions in public if they have the best ruse ever to abduct a kid? Uh, and it's a really good question. Then, of course, they find out that the two of them had been abandoned at an amusement park yeah. uh, when they were kids and they were recreating that, uh, which is, I, I think that was a nice touch. But what I, can I tell you what I found most stressful in this episode? Wait, what? All of the scenes of a friggin' four-year-old girl just walking around Seoul, Korea on her own. <laughs> is that okay? 
Like she literally, it's the, she's four years old. She wakes up, she brushes her teeth, she puts on her jacket, she walks, just walks out the front door of her house and walks down to a place and gets a snack and goes to school. And on the way home from school, she stops at a playground and she comes home and I'm like, she's four. How is it okay for her to be doing all of this on her own? Like, is that just how things are in Korea? Because that stressed me out so much. <laughs> well, yes. Well, we've gotten, I think we've gotten a little too um, used to kids being helicoptered by their parents in yes, North America. I, 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 yeah, I think so. I mean, it's possible. Now, I don't know. I mean, when I was like, I'm trying to think back to my parents, you know, yeah. and others like when you know you could wander out and it was just assumed that when you were you called like nobody was going to hurt you yeah. and when you were called you would come because you would not have a great distance yeah. but i remember that other my my eldest son yeah <laughs> taking off one day cuz he had he was he was very well coordinated even when he was 2 years old yeah and he had a a with training wheels a two-wheeler and he took the two-wheeler and i guess in his head he thought he was like daddy and therefore he went to see the horses <laughs> oh, Jesus. oh no and i had to corral all the all the kids in the neighborhood and the across the street she had six and a couple of other kids and everybody went looking for him oh my god yeah but he was going well and when i asked he was going to see the horses <laughs> And, okay, I mean, I, I understand and, independent kids, but wow. But but the thing is, is that that you weren't overly worried. I that that meant the two wheeler got got locked in the garage for from a then while. on. Yeah. Well, no, locked in the garage and came out whenever. Whenever there, there were parents around, but yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> the wandering. Um, you know, some some children. Yeah. So even wandered, that's the thing. There I was wandered. a freer society. Yeah, and yeah. there was a freer thing. I mean, um, when I was growing up, at one point, there was literally like you know a park next door to my house that yes, I was allowed to go to. So it's like I do understand it a bit, but there is a level of you know there's just a level of independence. From this four-year-old that made me very uncomfortable, and I don't mind saying it. And it maybe yeah. it makes me seem hysterical and, you know, oversensitive. But it's like, because uh, I, too, hear those stories in America about, you know, the cops being called because a kid was playing alone in a park, you know? And then so they, like, arrest the parent for child. And like, you hear those stories, and you're like, that's going a bit too, that's going too far. That seems extreme. Blah, blah. Like, I get, I have felt that hearing those stories, too, but... Damn, watch it. If if watching this kid, this four-year-old kid walking around the streets of Seoul didn't freak me out. Uh, well, yeah, you know, but the point is, is that that's not when she was kidnapped. No, no, it's not. You're absolutely right. But, you see, that's the whole point. There was absolutely nothing. She was carefree. There was no problem. It's no, no wonder her parents. And the only reason her mother and the child didn't have their hands weren't holding hands was because they were clapping exactly they were right? clapping for the show which i thought was a nice touch that the mother is always careful to hold her hand and this is the one time, time. she did yeah because and, they were watching a thing but what you don't understand the importance of that is until later is that yeah. these people were stalking this family and they waited for that moment and they waited and they looked for a moment when they could take her yeah, and they wouldn't great. take and they didn't take her when she was 
they just followed her when she was going back and forth to school and the rest of it. Didn't take her at that time. Well, and it ended up being psychologically relevant to them to grab her. And then that's yeah. why the show explains why they didn't grab her when she was just wandering around. You yeah, know, going like well, they, she was going to school, right? I know, so. but still, you can still grab someone when they're going to school. They grabbed that other kid when he was just off walking around, and then he got let go, but they did. It's like, they don't only grab people at amusement parks and the like. They do grab some kids just off the street. And this one time they didn't, because again, the psychological need they have to do it at the park because of their own backstory. And that's how they get around that, the slight, you know, plot it's not even really a problem it's just the plot issue created by well you yeah. got this you got this van full of puppies and you got this kid walking around on her own all the time i feel like you could have grabbed her whenever well no but they had a reason for doing it the way they did and that's part of what helps them understand the killers yeah so oh. uh, they find out about the truck they find <sighs> out about the backstory they go into well who had access to this truck they find out that they um that it's connected to this uh, again ASPCA essentially I don't remember what yeah. the Korean version of it is called animal and so they welfare. go and track them down they found out yeah animal welfare people and they find out the horrific backstory of these people and they're like well that must be them yeah and then where would they go well they'd go back to where all of this happened to them exactly and, and apparently, then yes. they found the house that they grew up in uh, which again had been a store at the t a fashion store at the time and they were raised by this monstrous woman who, you know, essentially destroyed their entire sense of self. And now they are trying to build a positive family, but they have no, like, no ability to do that and no understanding of how to do that. So they can't function and they abuse the kids until the kids try to escape and then they kill the kids. And it's horrible to watch. Yeah, it it's, was horrible to watch. Oh. I mean, this is the one episode where when they spend a lot more time with these children and 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 all of that, right? Oh god, when they have the, the almost escape. Like Yes. When oh. the team is searching the air and like I know it's only halfway through the episode and they're not going to get away, but you've got this scene of them working their way out through the alleys, like out through the emergency stairs and up to the alley. And it's like, and you know, the teams in the area and you know, they could find them, but no, they get grabbed by the witch and brought back down to the basement. Yeah. Oh, and then uh, we get this horrific scene where they're going to kill the guy, the, the kid who wanted to escape and the oldest kid, the one, you know, the, the alcoholic son, is like I get tries to fake his death so that they won't realize he's still alive, and they're like he's hoping they'll just get rid of a what looks like dead body, and then he'll be able to say what's going on. Like oh, and but he gets caught. It's also horrible. Yeah, it's so hard to watch because you keep you know you keep hoping. Well, this time we'll get a happy ending, right? <laughs> Maybe this well, time we'll get a happy ending for the other children. Yeah. Oh, and it and I thought what was really great though was they actually managed to factor in the her seeing him like two years ago as part of the investigation because she gets hooked up with a the mother gets hooked up with a uh, sketch artist yeah to figure out what he looks like so when they find the guy who was kidnapped who was almost kidnapped but then the guy suddenly let him go they're able to show him the picture and confirm that it's the same kid and it's all part of the same thing and that's how they know the van is relevant and to look into the van 
probably should have said that earlier. Yeah, well, because we're you, now our audience is getting what it's like when we watch these things first first run through. I know. And we then talk them about them. And so we're all over the place. Uh, this is not as bad as, as the last last week's no, episode, but, but yeah, it's um, still an issue with us. Yeah, it's well, it is because you're watching it. So therefore, you're having your emotional reactions to it. Yeah, as well, because this is definitely um, set to drag at your emotions. Oh God, yeah. And so, and you don't get distracted by this team. This team is as horrified and as um, as as we are. Yeah. And and when they're pulling it back, and when they're trying to do things, and they have emotional reactions to things mm-hmm. that. Um, you don't yeah that you don't at all associate with the characters in the original no that That kind of emotional involvement in the case yeah and um you know it's it's yeah it 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 is such a it's hard to explain what a different show it is yeah and it's a lot it comes down to as you keep saying, a lot of it is the tone and a lot of it is in how these characters are reacting to the situation. Because you're getting a lot of the same plot points, but these are such different people and the kinds of emotions they're able to show are so vastly different from what you get out of an American show generally and from Criminal Minds specifically, that it really does feel like a completely different experience. It does yeah, feel I mean- like they're getting emotionally involved in these cases in a way that the original team rarely felt like they were getting emotionally involved. And it's an acceptable, it's an acceptable, an acceptable thing. thing. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, and the classic is Penelope. The Penelope character doesn't play as big a role ever. Like she's there and she, and you can see, you know, all the work she's doing, but it's taking her longer to do those, those things. She doesn't snap to and come up with this, yeah, you have they don't just set. cut to Penelope, uh, you know, and then in one scene she solves all the problems, then the plot just continues. Mm-hmm. They show her working at it. They show her them yeah. giving her an assignment, and they check back up on her as she's working on the assignment. It's all, it's all structured far more believably. Yeah, and and she's as I said involved in the with the team because the whole team, of course, can go on the bus. So oh yeah, exactly. It, there's a lot more. There's um, no, there's none of this whole idea of they leave Penelope at home while they fly around the world. Yeah. Well, around the world. Around, around the United States. The United States. Americans think is the world. So. Is the world. Yeah. So, you know what? Turns out I was right about that one. There yep. you go. Um, yeah, it, it is. It is really, really strange. And then you see the scene where they bring the children into the parents. Oh, God. And the one set of parents whose child doesn't come home. And I mean, this is a bit of a cheat, right? Um, Because they established there was like 12 or so, 12 or 14 missing kids. So actually, there are six sets of parents who didn't get their kids back. Yes. Uh, But the only, we only see the parents of the kids we met in the episode. So there's the, the five sets of parents who get their kids back and the one who's the son who tried to help everybody escape and got killed his parents are there and it's just like in the original just absolutely devastated finding out that their kid was alive you know as late as yesterday 
and he died trying to save everybody else. And you're like, damn. Yeah. This is so, like, it was so intense in the original, and it's so intense here. It plays, it pl- I mean, it's a thing that played just as well both times. Yes. Yes. Some scenes played just as well both times. I'm not going to say that, you know, one got, one group did it better than the other this time. I just think it no, was a fantastic, it was, I mean, those, heartbreaking those scene. heartbreaking scene, that child, you yes. know, I mean, but he does manage to. He yeah. does manage to kill the witch. So, oh, except there's no, um, there's no guns this because in, this yeah. is Korea. Yeah, there's no guns. He doesn't shoot her, so he just injects her with the poison that she used to kill everybody. Yeah. Oh, it's a beautiful scene. But yeah. yeah, they do the, and uh, you see they... him doing a flashback to when he tried to do it once. Yeah, and he couldn't go through with it and got mm-hmm. caught. Whereas this time. Yeah, he was able to actually Go confront her and actually kill her and save everyone. Yeah, It's a fantastic scene. And the same way, like the team bursts in a second later, but it's after he's already saved everyone. So yeah. that's going to be emotionally important for him later on in life, I yeah. think. Yeah, because his life is so messed up because he's oh. watched all these other, these other six children. And that's yeah. where we get... Well, more than six, because so many have yeah. been killed. And he's yeah. he was the first one, and he is their assistant. And he has watched other kids come in and get killed over and over again. And then we get the one place that, like, acknowledges the horror, but at the same time, doesn't put a bright face on it, but a- acknowledges that there is room for kindness in this world yeah. and important gestures in the world. And that is a scene... Where all of these parents lost their kids and the kids lived for sometimes years before getting murdered by this family. And they have the oldest kids sit down with the sketch artist. Yeah. And make pictures of what the kids looked like as they grew up for the family members. I'm like, that's so beautiful. Yeah. Like it is this, it is this little bit of kindness and of sensitivity in this utterly bleak situation, I was—I I found it just so profoundly affecting. Oh, it was. It—it it, you know, you just—I, yeah, it, it was a hard episode to watch in a way that the other one wasn't. Yeah, partly because we don't understand the tropes. Maybe in Korea, you know, it plays differently. Yeah, but for us, it—it. It, it, it just is so hard to watch because you don't get that great that jump to the real world that where everything is going fine. Right? Yeah. Back at the office, everything is going fine. Whereas back at the office, their team manager has got PTSD and they're all concerned about it. Right? Yeah. Well, and no, then, and then that's the thing. It's like it's the same thing this week where he's just so and this is the the final and most important scene because we get this little bit of um you know a a respite from the scene with the the sketch artist and it's like trying to keep the memory of these kids alive and trying to like let the parents in on who the children were becoming even when they were away from there is it's such a powerful scene and then you get the idea that Kang, like all of these kids who's died and he feels like he's completely broken. And that is when she comes back with yes. the line from the original. 
and says, what did you tell me? But it's like, no, we're not always going to save people. No, it's not always going to be a happy ending. But we do save people and focus on the good we do. And yeah. so Sun Wu gives him the picture back. They yeah. saved five kids today, and that's meaningful. Yeah, they lost a bunch of other kids, but they saved five kids today. And if they hadn't done it, those kids would have died. Because we actually see, we didn't talk about this too much, uh, the mm. great scene where they go to the cops who have been ignoring the alcoholic mother for eight years. Yeah. And and she's just t- begging with the cops to listen to her. And they're like, yeah, this is the same as you say it every time. And then as they're dismissing her, that's when the team walks in <laughs> and says, says, we're taking over the case. And the guy's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Whatever. I thought that was, that was a very nice scene. I thought mm-hmm. that was very well written. <laughs> very nice addition. This is serial <laughs> abduction. Yeah, it's a serial abduction, so it is now an NCI case. Very good. Yeah, yeah. and how they how how they have to talk Kang into even taking the case. Oh yeah, because again, he can't vote. Yeah. Like he's not seeing the big picture anymore. Yeah, and and what's happened too is because they they, it's after, after they have talked to the alcoholic mother. Yeah. You know, I mean, and that was a really good scene as well. Oh, yeah. When they go to see her at her house. And well, we talked about her, her conspiracy board and everything. Yeah. Yeah. But what happens is, is when he says to her, but you have to stop drinking. Yeah. We, if we get your son back, yeah. he can't come back to you. To this. To this. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, and it was good. It was, it was, I mean, and those are those little scenes and they follow them through. I mean, that's what I kind of like. You just get the sense. Yes, they're moving on. They will move on to the next story, but they don't forget. Yeah. You know, these different little things. And then let's just talk about how the episode ends. Yeah. Well, it doesn't actually end because this story gets wrapped up. 20 minutes into episode 10. Well, yes, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I do know what you mean. So go for it. As is that you, you see them and this is, this is what puts such a different face to this, this adaptation is they are all there at the funeral for all of the children who have died. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's in a, it's in a mausoleum room Yep. Right. In the way that they do this. And if you watch Korean TV, you will see this. Everybody, often. everybody gets cremated and they have these beautiful marble mausoleums. And, and they are, are there. Buried. They bring they bring they bring white flowers. Yep. And they have just all of these white bouquets of flowers and they are all standing there. Yeah. And it is just so different. It is. It just it's completely it, different. I if I was to say anything, it's like this is. It must be hard entertainment, but it's as if they take this as seriously as it should be taken. Oh, absolutely. And that these yes, they go separately because they don't know all of these families and everything else, but they have their own separate service for these children. Yeah. And. You know, I mean, you just, it is, it is so different and it is so hard and you end up wanting to cry at the end. 
It was or, affecting. It was. It was this. This scene. I was blown away that it ended this way. The story of the witch's house ended. Yeah. This way. Or as you say, it ended Mosley so. Lane. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mosley Lane. No, it's it's a beautiful ending. You know, it really is. Wow. So it's so fascinating. Yeah, and then we move on. And we and then we'll, we, well, we'll save we're gonna, that for next week. We'll save that for next week. Yeah, exactly. Because we're going to start a new plot. Uh, we're going to start the a new thing, plot. The interesting thing is they do have an interlude. Yeah. They have a little interlude with the characters before the new murder sh- uh, pops up. Yeah. But it's, we'll, um, it's an interesting way of doing it. So we'll start next week with the Yeah, interlude. we'll start next week. You're right. That's a good idea. Okay. So, again... I see where those extra, like, I see where spending extra time with the kids, learning about the killer's backstory, and the beautiful epilogue coda type thing overall make this a better episode than Mosley Lane was. Like, just a better episode of television because they have more room to breathe, because they get to dig in further, and again, because it has such a beautiful, sad ending. Right? Yes. And you can, and there is no question that these people will be arrested and spend well the woman is the only one left alive will spend the rest but you at the same time and she was so good at being this horrible woman she she is definitely not alive at the end of the episode she got poisoned to death oh wait a minute yes she got poisoned no i remember never mind i i was thinking of something else earlier okay never mind no she gets poisoned i mean they're both dead yeah they're both dead it's wrapped up and yet you still have that sense that, yes, again, this consistency of these people were made this way. Oh, and yeah. yes, they have to pay for their crimes. There is no question, like they don't have to, to worry really about that for the most part. This show has a clear idea about what makes these horrible people. Yeah. And these murderers and they have to be caught. Oh yeah, now, they do a great job with it. With with that. Now, they're not going into the big systemic child abuse issues. It's just not. all in there, right? And mm-hmm. um and I think that when you talk about the scene that creeped you out the most, the little girl being so happy, is that that is an attempt in some ways to just because while you've got the menacing van there all the yeah, time watching all the time her, in the background. all the time in the background, but she's just, you know, going on her way the way children should be able to do. Yeah. Is I think what they're yeah, trying no, you, to say it's, there. You know, right. It's, it, I think that's the best way to look at it is like there is this dichotomy between the way the world should work yeah. and the world we're actually living in. And it's yeah. right there. Yeah. Oh. It's so good. <laughs> it really is. I mean, it's just, it leaves it's you with so an entirely good. different feeling than you had at the end of that. For, then you're right. It's a completely different feeling that you get at the end of Mosley Lane. And again, I can do my thing where I say, well, Mosley Lane's more important because of how, again, what an unbelievably just beautiful episode of television it is but he they're didn't. free to dig no he didn't and they're but free he to didn't give in. us this end scene no he didn't but i mean you know i i'm not gonna blame matt goobler for that no, he didn't no. write the episode and he no, didn't he, have seven yeah. and he didn't get a chance to make a 70 minute episode mm-hmm. you know like oh, they God. are treating some of these as if they are mini horror movies 
Oh, totally. And this They're, this explains so much about Korean movies as well. Yeah, I know. I just I'm just thinking about how great um, all of his episodes are right up until Gatekeeper, and then Gatekeeper is so badly written that like he can't save it with his stylistic flourishes. He, and then as, we've yeah, I, we've I mean, he tries, talked but he, about that. Yeah, but we've talked about that before in the actual episode. But it's like. This one, Mosley Lane, is like one of the definitive Matt Goobler episodes. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's it's where all of the stuff he loved, the music, the camera work, the you know, like the famous uh, genre celebrities, he all put it all, crammed it all into this perfect package. And yeah, his best episode is probably the bad Brad Dourif episode. But like, yes. this is the first one where you just sit up and you look at what Matt Goobler is doing and that it's in an entirely different level than the rest of the show. And yeah. so it is a very special place in my heart for that reason. Oh yes. I don't. And I don't, I don't Disagree. question. It is, it is definitely the fairy tale. Yeah. Where they, you know, you, you throw the witch in the oven at the end, you know, but like this Hansel one has and Gretel. The power. But this one, but and this... I think what you're getting at is this one manages to have almost all the power of that without pulling us out of the world of the show right and let's face it all of matt goobler's episodes except for 200 uh they do pull you out of the world of the show yes they're just different they're just different and we would have liked to have seen more of matt goobler given given rain yeah given free to do what he wanted to do i don't understand how the man hasn't directed a movie yet like i don't know he's doing other things i guess he's busy <laughs> creating I wanna, this i want to see him like cut loose in a movie like get it done mr goobler you're incredibly talented all right um so that is going to be it for this week's criminal minds korea join us back next time for i guess whatever <laughs> the next two however long it takes <laughs> us to watch the next two stories yeah. uh, so i mean um we'll be doing we're starting in part three of episode 10 on the youtube playlist and we're just going to go until we've seen two stories. So it'll at probably about take us... at, at about six minutes and about <laughs> yeah, no. 25 seconds. seconds. So we <laughs> presumably will be talking 10, 11, and we may dig into 12 as well. So if you want to watch yeah. through that, you probably should. Okay. So uh, that's that. Um, thanks as always for listening. We're going to be back here next Tuesday with more Criminal Minds Korea. And, of course, uh, join us on Thursday for almost the last episode of Profiling Criminal Minds until there's new episodes of Criminal, Criminal Minds, Minds, which is pretty crazy. And uh, Get Psyched for Style Section. We just recorded the uh, Style Section Episode Zero, where we talk about crime Mike story Star. and why you have to understand crime story and the work of Michael Mann in television in the 80s to understand how Wise Guy happened. Yeah. And to, to, at the same time, how unsub happened. But we've already talked about unsub. Yeah. <laughs> at length, yeah. we've already at talked length, about unsub. At length, we loved unsub. Oh, God, unsub yeah. is such a good show. But it's the same It's the same story. Yeah. Right? And that's the key. It's the same story for how they happen. Of, like, Michael Mann doing something bold and Stephen J. Cannell saying, yeah, that bold thing you tried, I know how to do that as a TV show. You know, yeah. you're a movie guy with big, bold ideas. I can tell you how to do it as a TV show. And that's where Wise Guy and Unsub came from. And I wish there was as much Unsub to talk about as there is Wise Guy. But that's yeah. just not the case. But there wasn't. So. Yeah, exactly. 
at least anyway. we've got another we've got another we're on 10 now so we've got another 10 episodes to watch yeah, yeah of criminal minds career and it's going to be yeah. interesting to see which ones they choose for the last for the back half and are yeah. we going to get a completely new like for the reaper stuff like the reaper story is over in the original but he's still running around so like that unless they've adapted another one of their episodes to now be about the reaper we could be looking at a completely original episode yeah. for the return of the reaper well they might they, they might just adapt i don't know what they're going to do about the return of the reaper but he is there and well, especially now that he's been date we we have linked him to the childhood murder case of the Derek character yeah and it might now be that the he's first... involved in that too that might have been his first victim like yeah there's plenty of places this can go that are going to get real interesting in the back half of the series because yeah. again there was just the one season so uh join us here back here for that next tuesday if you have any questions comments or want to suggest any other profiling related fiction you think we should check us uh check out drop us a line at profiling gmail.com we'd love to hear from you if you're listening to this on some sort of podcatcher or app please rate and review it because that's how people find the show we'll see you back here next week but until then Au revoir. And have a good week. Profiling Criminal Minds is a member of the Kinks Podcasting Network.